Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me See Me Podcast. Today I've got a wonderful guest. We appeared recently on, uh, we both spoke on a clubhouse thing uh, with the British Beauty Council and, and the story really intrigued me. So I wanted to get her on. Today I've got Helen Addis, breast cancer campaigner. How are you today? Honestly, I am pretty, pretty good. I love my little tagline of being a breast cancer campaigner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Power it's nice because... Because I'm, I'm like at home. I'm, I'm like a mum and a thing, and I'm like, so to actually, it sounds really good. I'm a breast cancer campaigner, and I, I like that hat a lot. It's funny as well, isn't it? Because you, you do these things in life, or we all do these things. But when people say about it, we don't really realize. Because people often say that about me about the things that I do, and you forget mm. that you actually do anything like that, don't you? And they, yeah, they, no, I know. Like, oh, who are they talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Exactly. So there's on the on the talk. I, I say why I particularly got hooked in that day. Uh, a really good friend of mine I've known for a long time has been battling with cancer for quite a long time, um, probably fifteen years or something. Um, bless her. I can. I won't. I won't betray her trust because no one knows I'm talking about. But she had a whole. She had cancer of the jaw, and she had the first person where they'd done this operation where they actually cut around lifted up took the jaw away made jaw from leg bone muscle was gum um incredible like a a, a massive like 14 hour operation or something wow uh, and she's battled and battled and she, uh, her, the bravery when you know people are going the bravery they show keep going back and it's come back and then and the, i don't know if you recognize this but Recently, what's been difficult is because because of COVID, keeping that treatment going because she had a big yeah. break in the treatment. So then it came to her lung and her bowel. And recently, this is what and I've just taken her for a treatment that day when I come on in the afternoon. So, oh, is that right? I mean, yeah, yeah, COVID COVID has definitely put a spanner in the works. Yeah, um, for people that are living with cancer and going through cancer treatment, but also really shockingly is that. GP referrals are down 75%. Um, So basically people aren't presenting with cancer-related symptoms. So I think we're going to have a massive knock-on effect with this 
soon, which is which is why um, it's just so important, especially now that we all know our normal with our bodies. And if you find anything unusual, that you do go and get it checked out, whether it's a persistent cough, a cough or blood where you shouldn't be bleeding from, um, or lumps, rashes. It's just it's just always worth getting it checked out and. That's kind of how I fell into what I do is because I happened to find a lump in my boob two years ago, two and a half years ago. And yeah, my life kind of just flipped in, a, in an instant. And I don't have any family history of um, cancer. And I was, for breast cancer, I was um, young, particularly young, I was 39. And you know, fitting well, didn't drink that much and ate pretty well and worked out and all the rest of it. So I didn't think that that would be winging its way towards me. But uh, yeah, it did. And it was pretty aggressive. But I caught it early. And that's the most important thing. So don't let COVID be an excuse not to go to the GP. It's so important. Yeah, and be a nuisance. You're going to have to make yourself a nuisance because when you are yeah. going to get knocked back a little bit because of the yeah. oh, can't see. Uh, I've had I've had skin cancer a few times, and my my sisters had it, my dad had it when he was alive, mm. um, and I've had bits cut out and stuff. And you know, yeah. I've, got, I've got a lump come back, and I know what's I know what it is as soon as I see it. But you right. you, you know as soon as you that you're going to get said, oh, we can't do this. Send a photograph. Um, yeah. I mean, recently, I had piles was really playing me up. And I had to... T- oh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I had a phone call at all, and I had to describe it to the doctor. Oh, you didn't have to, you didn't have to take a picture, did you? <laughs> well, that's what I was... I thought, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Give me the cream, Doc. Give me the cream. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Because of my history, I was a little bit worried because right. I thought, you know, and I... I, I did have my PSA levels checked a while ago and they said we've got to keep an eye on it. So obviously this, you know, <laughs> but I know I've got off this track a bit, but it, 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 it's the surrealness at the moment of the situation. And, and, yeah, and that's absolutely. just a minor thing. So if you've got something really important, it's crucial that you, and if you get turned down, you've got to keep saying, no, I really want to get this looked at. Yeah, definitely. Even if it means seeing and speaking to a different GP or, yeah, I think it's just so so important. And with mine, when I found my lump, the saw the GP who agreed with me that if she said it was likely to be hormonal, which is what I thought it was, um, she said, because you're too young and it's not in your family. Um, she said, but let's see the consultant anyway. So uh, two weeks later, I was in front of a breast consultant, and in that two weeks, another four lumps had grown. So I thought, well, it must be it must be hormonal because cancer doesn't do that, does it? Um, but apparently it does. So, um, yeah, the type that I had. So, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I just don't think I'll ever stop banging on about it to other no. people now. No, you can't. My, my, yeah. my dad, when my dad was alive, he had, he had a long history of heart problems, um, but he died of leukaemia. But they didn't. Is that right? Right. Yeah, okay. They didn't get the leukemia, which became very aggressive because every time we went to the doctor and all they focused on, they sort of tunnel vision on the heart problems. And then they was, right. and I kept going with him in the end because he wouldn't speak. You know, he's, he, at their generation, oh yeah, I'm fine. You go, no, you're not fine. So I just go, yeah. no, Dad, you're not fine. You know, and uh, yeah. it, it was a case of 
and then the doctor said, well, he is 71, you know, and he is, mm. and I go, you don't know him, you know, yeah, mm. it, yeah, mm. well, me, you know, there's something definitely yeah. wrong with him. Uh, and yeah. I think that's a crucial thing of, of really pushing yeah. um, to get to get the right people in front so of him. So with his, his sort of fatigue levels and breathlessness yeah. and that sort of thing, right? They kept saying, because uh, he had this enlarged heart problem, and I said, well, he's going to get right. So that was yeah. the, you know, and that's be careful of, be careful of, uh, you know, like if, if they're focusing on one thing, make sure everything else is explored. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't, yeah. So frightening, the, really. Day, you spoke about the sea list, which I, I thought was a yeah. idea. So, so what happened to me when I had my diagnosis, my oncology team, so my medical team said to me, so you're going to have a mastectomy next week. So I'll lose a boob in five days, right? You're going to go straight on to chemo, 16 rounds of chemo. So you're going to lose your hair. Um, you may lose fingernails. Um, and you need to rethink your bathroom cabinet and your makeup bag because um, your skin's going to become extremely sensitive. And I thought, talk about twist the knife. Like, you're taking the boob, taking the hair, and now, like, I can't even put a bit of, like, uplifting mascara on or something to make me feel a little bit better. Um, so I, I went off to my high street to find my new products that I had to use. And I, I was looking in the shop and I picked up a shampoo. I was looking at the back of it. I thought, I don't know if I can use this or not. So I said to the woman in there, see this shampoo. I'm about to go on chemo. Do you know if I can use it? And I had my three kids with me. And uh, she said, oh, I don't know. Let's go and speak to the manager. So we went over to the manager and she was like, this woman's got cancer. Do you know if she can use this? And I thought, my God, you know what? I'm not a bloody alien. Like, she meant well. I know she no. meant well. She was trying to help me. I know she was. But when I was in that shop, if I was vegan, I would know exactly where to go for a vegan product. One in a hundred people in this country apparently are vegan. The aisles are all adorned with vegan this, vegan that. If you got cancer, one in two people get cancer. Yeah. But there's no signposting. And it's still all this huge woman with cancer. And I know at the school gates, you know, with my kids, I was the mum with cancer. I heard yeah. it. I heard it. Yeah. And I think that people are scared to kind of, I don't know, open their arms out to try and help support. In terms of, like, I guess brands are nervous about saying you'll be absolutely fine to, to a community of people who are at their most vulnerable, probably. probably, probably. Yeah. Anyway, so the reason that the C-list came about was um, I was talking to my good friend, Lisa Potter-Dixon, who's a makeup artist, a fantastic makeup artist. Yeah. And I was telling her my story, and, and we both said, well, hang on, let's make a list. Let's just pull together a list of the products that have either been recommended by other cancer patients or that come from trusted brands that assure us that they've checked in-house with their in-house biochemists and people um, that, that, that these products are going to be okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've pulled together a list and I've ended up turning it into a website because I wanted it to be more than a shoppable site. I wanted it to become a bit like the Goop book for the cancer world. Right. Not without the fanny candles, obviously, but I wanted there to be like videos on how to fill in your eyebrows or how to tie a headscarf if, you, if you're losing your hair. Um, I share my story on how I told my kids just because I just wanted to create this place where, I don't know, maybe it felt a bit empowering to people. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've been we've been up live for just over four weeks now, and so yeah. far it's going really well. And then so the the profits that I make, I, I get a small kickback. They're like affiliate links oh, um, yeah. to these products. And so I get a very small kickback on each purchase, and I use those pro- those profits to gift somebody um, going through cancer treatment. Right. So two weeks ago, I phoned up, um, I picked up random. Her name's Jane. She's halfway through bowel cancer treatment. She's in her fifties. She was feeling pretty crappy, um, and I sent her a whole heap of amazing beauty products, and she was happy as Larry. So oh. that's kind of what I'm doing, sort of like. Yeah like this 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 cycle um that i do in my spare time and, and yeah. how are you now how are, how is your so i finished treatment um about a year ago and do you know what i feel really good i feel i feel like i've got my energy levels almost back um my hair's grown back um and yeah i feel pretty good so i'm scanned i had a scan last friday I get the results later on today. It's just an MRI that I had. And so it's like routine, mm. routine scans. And yeah, you always get a bit of anxiety around that. Yeah. People say to me, yeah, but you could get, you could walk out and get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, but that bloody bus has come to me once already. So <laughs> like, so <laughs> let me be a little bit anxious about it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. And, and, I'm able to put a lot of my energy into the sea lift and into my day job. And, and yeah, I kind of feel like life sort of getting back on track a little bit for me. Yeah. I think there's, there's that, there's that thing of when you go for anything, um, that the, I think the physical healing is quicker than the mental healing. And then do you find that busy is the antidote to that? Absolutely. So when, when I finished my last round of treatments, I felt really unnerved because all of a sudden I didn't have that medical team around me. And I was used to going into hospital every week and people taking my bloods and scanning me and checking me and giving me all these hardcore medicines. Then all of a sudden, nothing. And it was like, did that just happen? Did that, those last 18 months just happen? Like, I, it, and I felt strange. And then, and then the PTSD well and truly kicked in and I and I was on a roller coaster of emotions for a long time but by focusing in and keeping myself busy it helps keep my head out of that if you know what I mean yeah uh, yeah you, you said it's PTSD so the PTSD is regarding the the the, the diagnosis the diagnosis yeah the treatment yeah and that's interesting. Yeah. And I think people, this is when they underestimate yeah. uh, the effect of something like this. Yeah. The trauma. Yeah. I'm something like PTSD. That well, if somebody like was, it, yeah, if somebody was in a fatal car, oh, sorry, a, a near fatal car accident. Yeah. It, it would be recognized that you might suffer PTSD from that traumatic experience. Yeah. Being given a, a cancer diagnosis and not knowing for weeks for weeks on end whether it is riddled through your body or not and whether we're going to be able to fix this it was kind of the same effect in a way so yeah I definitely did uh I would say I definitely suffered PTSD I was having flashbacks horrible dream anxiety just really like feeling is it coming for me again 
and every single niggle, ache and pain, I'm thinking, oh my God, I got knee cancer. Then one minute I thought I had bum cancer. I was like, everything. Oh, um, hemorrhoids. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That would have tipped me right over the edge if I got hemorrhoids. <laughs> to be honest, that was where my head went straight away. I was going yeah. through a bit of a bad time mentally and my head went straight there. Oh, it's because I've not been seen to the doctor and they've, they've forgotten about me and now I've got this, you know. Yeah, yeah. All about me, sorry. Go on, carry yeah. on. No, 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 no. So I just, you know, it just helps to keep. Yeah. The, and also to turn something, have something positive that's come out of it. Yeah, As yeah. opposed to it being, oh, woe is me, uh, the, you know, that I went, I went through that. But don't get me wrong, everybody deals with it differently and some people don't like to talk about their experiences and that's fine. It's everybody's way of dealing with it and coping with it. I'm not saying that my way's right, it's just the way that works for me. Yeah, yeah. It's that thing of, of yeah, what finding the thing that works for you. Um, exactly. Not, not sort of forcing it onto someone else. Yeah, no. Because lots of people do say to me, God, how can you keep sort of talking about it and reliving it? And, you know, lots of people just want just say to me, you know, they just want to put it in a box and pretend it never happened. Yeah. Totally get that. And in a way, maybe I wish that I could do that, but I just, I just can't. It doesn't stay in the box, unfortunately. No. I ain't got a big enough box. No. I, I, I found it interesting because when I started doing the podcast, it was really going to be all about the homelessness and stuff like that but it, yeah. it keeps going off on tangents I find these really interesting people and then it goes off and early last year because of the lockdown there's the figures of um, domestic violence have increased so much and I done a little run of um, I'm sorry I've got man flu I've got <laughs> oh, oh don't worry cup of tea and issues because you know how deadly it is when a man gets a cold you know you know, oh, it, I know it, you, yeah. uh, we're talking about something, uh, you know, I don't know if it's as, as, as very as serious as man flu, um, but yeah, I just digressed. I was talking about domestic violence. And, um, and, and the thing is, is I, uh, particularly I've done a little run for a week. I've done a podcast every day for a week. And these amazing, brave women and men, um, men yeah. who, you know, quite a high statistic of men have to go through that as well. Uh, but particularly Jodie Keegan's, and she came on, but she, when she tells you her story, she relives the story. And I think it's, mm -hmm. but to her, like someone else might think, how can you keep reliving that story? And hers is so, like, mm -hmm. horrific that her perpetrator got 18 years in prison. So that's the level of, of, of <gasps> yeah, I know, it's unheard of. Um, so that's her story is, you know, inspiring. And, you know, like, but I could see that it's cathartic. It's that, mm. it's that, like, every time, it's like every time I tell this story, mm. I get stronger. And I think that's sometimes what... what yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Of, of how people lift the story and take comfort from it or take courage from it to question their own situations and maybe feel like they can reach out, you know, and, and do do what she's done. Like, she's lived to tell the tale. Mm. And, uh, yeah, domestic violence at the moment, the, the, I know the figures are through the roof. Mm. Um, I'll be interested to listen to that. Yeah, she's, she's an amazing woman. Um, so yeah. tell me about the titty gritty. 
so uh, so the titty gritty so that's my instagram handle at the titty gritty and that came about obviously because i was going through um my treatment and when when i was going through chemo each week i would bring a different friend or group of friends with me and I did a thing called come dine with me where I would judge them on the snacks that they brought me, if they brought me a gift, um, how much gossip they brought me and um, basically just overall entertainment value of those of the, that group of friends. And one thing I would always ask them is, do you check yourself? And I would honestly say about 90% of them said, oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I, I wouldn't know what I'm looking for. I don't know how to check. Um, and it horrified me because I knew if it can happen to me, yeah. it, it could happen to you. Um, so that's why I, okay, I'm going to stop hanging on about it on Instagram. So I do um, lots of talks like, like you do. I speak to lots of the people going through um going through um, various different cancers, not just breast, although I have focused on that mainly at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, then I, and then I started a campaign, which is called the Change and Check campaign, which, so when I found my lump, I was stood in front of a mirror. So I thought, right, I'm going to come up with a sticker that goes on changing room uh, mirrors in shops and in gyms. So I created this, it looks like that. So it shows you the top, nine symptoms of breast cancer yeah. and it basically says in the time it takes you to try on your top you could uh, check yourself for signs of breast cancer so I have like John Lewis David Lloyd Monsoon Ted Baker M&Co so many different outlets took it on nationwide um, and since I launched it I've had 48 women contact me to say that they've found their breast cancer early as a result of seeing the sticker. Now, that's 48 women that I know about. There might yeah. be more. Men also get breast cancer, but I haven't yeah. had any men contact me. But, um, but 48 women have contacted me. And, um, yeah, it just shows that that kind of repetition, it works, you know. So, so I'm, yeah, that's how the Titty Gritty came about and, and the Change and Check campaign. I think that's that's amazing because it's these, it's often these simple little things, aren't they? Yeah, it people is, saying yeah. people aren't getting checked and they're not going to be able to go to their doctor. Simple yeah. thing like that. Forty-eight people. Yeah, least, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm so chuffed. And um, the problem as well with last year, obviously, shops are closed, so so and gyms are closed um, mostly. So there's no changing rooms open. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I was thinking, how on earth do I keep the message going when changing rooms aren't open? So apart from doing the social media, I thought, what is, what about people that aren't on social media? I know I'm going to speak to the Royal Mail. So I picked up the phone. And if you don't ask, you don't get right. So I called the Royal Mail and I said, is there any way we could, I could have a bespoke stamp, you know, like how you buy fancy Christmas stamps, you yeah. know, like with advent camp, um, uh, stamps or whatever. I said, could I have one for breast cancer, but with a queen's head with a pair of boobs on her? And they were like, it has to go via the royal household. I don't think she'll approve. So I said, all right, what about a postmark? They only went and said yes. It took them two weeks to deliberate it. But they came back and they said yes. So for the whole of October... Um, last month, uh, last year, um, every single parcel and letter that was sent 
um, in the UK had a change in check breast cancer awareness um, stamp on the on every single letter, like ten million. So I was dead chuffed about that. Oh, that's brilliant! And I love that yeah. as well. Isn't it? It's about action, isn't it? It's like if you don't ask, you don't. Yeah. Get, like, if you don't know. Yeah, you don't. It's exactly, exactly. So I, that is that thing I've learned actually uh, through my diagnosis. Like just ask, and yeah. I do sometimes pay the well. You know, because that helps get get people talking or people on or whatever. But anything that will you know help the cause, and I'm in. Fantastic. I think um, I think you know because there's a lot going on at the moment. I'm watching Bake Off. You know, stand up to cancer. Bake Off. I love it. Yeah. And and but those stories they put in. All of a sudden, you're having a great time watching watching you know a great program. But then they hit you with those stories, don't they? And as you said about yours with the lumps that come up, there was a guy on there, oh I think the other night, and he had, it, it was so quick. You know, it literally was so quick. I think it was just lymph nodes. And, and then you saw all these, all these like, lumps, you know, and it, it was, it, it's, it's so scary for people, you know. Um, it, it really is. And, and, and it, it, can, it affects all ages. It's not just for old people, no. you know, and that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, on a positive note, um, people like need to get checked, mm. need to get in early, but also mm. it's that thing of moving the stigma away. You know that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because what I love about with with um, your your Instagram and stuff like that, it makes it very um, uh, open and and you know yeah. and the barriers and makes people yeah. comfortable, uncomfortable with me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's, that's really important. And also with regards to the C-list, so many, I, I, I really want to get the message across that it's important to men and women that we still look and feel as good as we possibly can when we're going through the eye of a cancer storm. Mm. And it really bugged me when some of my medical team were like, can you just not worry about your hair? You know, we're keeping you alive at the moment. Yeah. And, and I get that. And I was super grateful to be, to be that. But also my, my kids were like, are you taking to school today? And I literally looked like death warmed up. Yeah. So it was important to me and my family that I tried my best to look and feel and, 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 and to make myself feel good. So, you know, if that came with, you know, getting my hair done or using products or, having a treatment which actually that was impossible because so many places won't give you a treatment if you're going through cancer which is a nightmare um but yeah i just don't want people to think that it's like really superficial that you know you really care so much about what you're looking like but it it makes such a difference to how you feel yeah i I think i can really i mean that's why i understood immediately said it because of what we yeah. do with, with haircuts. You know, we always get that. We get, you know, you probably get it. People are, well, you, at least you've got to worry about is that because you've, you, you're on, you know, like you're a life changing situation. Yeah. But we have... Well, it's, old, it's the same with the homeless. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they, they, Isn't you know, it? Because old, be, be, arguably they're saying, you know, you could say the least you need to worry about is your haircut. You need to get off the streets. Yeah. That's not, you know... It, it, it's all like a package thing that needs to come yeah. together and, and yeah I, when you said actually in that in 
that um, clubhouse thing that we did about how emotional some of your clients, you call them clients, your, your clients nice. are, you know, when you go and you nice. cut their hair and how, how different they feel. Oh my God. It really choked me up because I can just imagine from their point of view, just to be physically touched and cared for yeah. like that. Ah, oh, it really, it really got me because the, the touch isn't it? It's amazing. It's yeah. We we I mean, there, there's times when you know we are moved to tears. You know, like and and but there's these these preconceived ideas that people have with cancer, with homelessness, and they sort of say, um, well. I suppose you just cut all their hair off or us, but you know, they should, they, they should, uh, the one that really gets me is, uh, and I know they, they don't mean it bad, but oh, they should be grateful. <laughs> if someone, every human, I treat my homeless customers, uh, guests, clients, the same as I would in a salon as much as possible. Now they've got the right to like their haircut or quickly tell me they don't. <laughs> You know, yeah. they've got as much right as you are right to, to, you know, and they do sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, cool, mate. No, yeah. Can you blend that in yeah. a bit more? And, yeah, and, <laughs> and, but you're a professional and you want, yeah. Yeah. But you don't mind that, I'm sure, do you? I love it. I love like, it. Yeah, I, I love I would, it. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've yeah, been the dog one because well. sometimes it don't, they yeah. don't put it across very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes when they've been a little bit under the influence of something, they may have, (laughs) and I've had to like put them, you know, (laughs) remind them. But I I bet that hasn't happened that much. It's very rare. It is so rare. And do they get do they get a hair wash and everything else and a head massage? We do it where we can. So there's some places where they've got facilities and they can they can go and get a show and then come to us. Sometimes it literally is straight from being out all night. Um, and we've only got a water spray. You know, I've had instances where it's been so matted that I've I couldn't even oh. get home in it, and I've had to sort of like um, just sort of cut as best I can. Um, but yeah, I, I had one. I had a lady at Southend, bless her. She, it was so matted she's going to have to. She was so upset she's going to have to shave my head. And I said, well, let me try. Just let me try. And I spent an hour. And I got loads of spray conditioner, leave-in products, and I was mm. combing, combing. And in the end, I managed to do a nice little bob. And she oh, got wow. right, managed to comb it all through. We lost, oh, uh, you know, that, that, yeah. got this lovely little bob going. And she was so pleased. She was so over the moon. And then she oh. pulled her woolly hat back on and went. <laughs> 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 oh, it took me a bloody hour to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you've got to laugh it's, it's oh. I, I, I love all that stuff you know because it's <laughs> it's just it's just amazing yeah so how many places are your are your um that you do this you uh, nation, we, nationwide yeah yeah we we i started on my own and we had um i just done my own on my own in romford um and then quickly people come and help me and then it grew uh, in 2014, and now we've got 67 across the UK and Ireland. We've got over 600 volunteers, and we've done over 40,000 haircuts. Um, and it's just grown by, you know, the hairdressing industry, the beauty industry. As you yeah. know, the minute you start to do something that's really connects with people, as you yeah. found out with the C list, you say, 
people just want to help. They you do. Know? It's such they a do. big industry, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And the difference that you will have made to those 40,000 people yeah. is yeah. phenomenal. But I, I mean, I can't yeah. thank enough, like as well, that the British Beauty Council, because we that was what where we met on that talk. They've done so much. They've mm. done so much good, uh, you know, for our industry. That's mm. really mm. been decimated the last year or so, you know. Mm. And, and it's it's worrying because it's what's going to come now, you know, because you know you're going to have the aftermath of this. Yeah, aren't really. I mean, they're really aware of it yet. Um, uh, of you know, already we're seeing like the other day, Fulton's going to shut all their shops and all these things. Um, no, it, it, it's it's going to take some time. I think it, I think it's going to take years, years and years. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm not, well, I'm not going to end it on that. That's a bit depressing, isn't it? No, <laughs> no. Let's definitely not do that. Let me tell you a funny story. So when <laughs> when um, when I was going. Uh, through treatment and, and telling my kids was was really tricky. Oh. They were only five, seven, and nine at the time, and um, I, I learned very quickly that I had to that the, the sort of cancer conversation had to just be, become part of our household because they were getting quite upset when I was on the phone to doctors behind closed doors and stuff. They really knew that something um, sort of big was up, basically. Mm. Anyway, one day. I was going through my daughter's um, uh, book bag, start, remember, and my prosthetic boob was in her school bag. She had taken it to school for a show and tell because I didn't use it every day. I only put it in if I was going out that day. So I, hadn't, I didn't even know it had gone missing. And she had taken it to school. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Well, her teacher saying, I'm really sorry that my boob came into school today. Like, you- yeah. You've got to love I'm never going to let her live that down. You do, but then I think, how many of those like snotty little kids have been like handling it? Like, so I think <laughs> it's boys. Good old scrub <laughs> the boys have been going on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, or give us a go. <laughs> um, I, I remember, like my daughter, like, when my dad passed away, eventually, um, one day, you know, he died, and then a few days after he died, something come on the telly or something, probably Scottish, because my dad was a Scot. And uh, I just started crying. And my, my, my daughter, she's who's 23, <laughs> she's only little, she got to me and oh, what's the matter, Dad? Has Granddad died again? <laughs> and, you know, just love it, didn't you? Like, he's died again. It's like... <laughs> uh, they just... The stuff they come, come out with. When I was halfway through chemo, unfortunately, I lost my mum halfway through my treatment and um we I, I had to delay my treatment so that we could um uh have her funeral oh. and i took the kids and we were at the crematorium to that and then that evening like i was obviously beside myself i put my kids to bed and my youngest said to me so where did that box go and was grandma actually in that box i'm like yeah 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 i think you know, she's in the box and they were like, but, but where does it go? And then I stupidly said that it's a, so the, it all gets burned. Their, their question to me was, what burns, do her eyeballs burn first or her head? Like, I can't, I, you, you have to laugh. It's yeah. those situations that get you through it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. The, the stuff they come out with. 
Oh, anyway. Yes. Well, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put all the links on. Um, okay. Amazing what you do. Uh, I love Thanks. the C list. I, I just love the C list. Okay. I think the idea that people then can go straight to something and find out what they need to use. So, um, you know, Thanks, Helen. I think you've... Oh, no, you've just unfrozen. Mm. That's wonderful. Just at the right time. Just starting to freeze. I'll, um, I'll keep in touch. Uh, let me know anything I can do. Hopefully, we can team yeah. up at some point with everything we do. Um, so, uh, Helen... Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised... It helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job. This is a calling. 